What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod. You can check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Joaquim, as always, joined here by Vito Patel. And Vito, the NFL season is done, but free agency and NFL news will still be with us. Yes, sir. Yeah, the drama keeps going, especially with um, a strong class of free agents this year. And then we have a really strong uh, draft class that's gonna, about to come up. So, you know, we're still going to have some great NFL coverage. Yeah, a lot of good receivers, especially in the draft and free agency. The receiver position, I think, from what I've seen so far, is probably the strongest in in, in the free agent class. Um, a few good DBs, but yeah, a lot of receivers. It's so stacked. A few of the, the receivers that are going to be free agents, potentially new teams, new uniforms next year. Uh, I think the top one is going to be obviously Devontae. And I don't think like he's not going to say what he's doing or what he's going to want to do until after Rogers says yeah. where he's going. Yeah, Rogers is going to make a huge impact on his deal because I mean they already had that good chemistry, and I remember before the season started they had they made that post with like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Oh, speaking of Jordan, this is our Jordan Pod <laughs> number twenty three, uh, and yeah, they had that post at the beginning of the year, so I feel like they will go together wherever. Mm, I don't think they go together. I think. I think they'll either stay together or they'll go their separate ways. I don't think they'll necessarily go together. Actually, because I think the top destination for Aaron Rodgers is like the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think they have, they already have so many young receivers. So I don't think that they want Devontae, especially how much he's projected to make. Uh, his average annual value is $25.8 million. He could be the highest paid receiver in the NFL, but do you know who has the, Biggest NFL contract right now amongst all NFL receivers? I do not. I would think it would be like D-Hop, but he's only got two-year deals. So. Yeah. Then I would, next, I would think a long-term deal that was worth a lot, Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas is number two, and he's not away by a lot, though. He's, he's pretty close to the number one guy, but the number one guy is Amari Cooper. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't expect that. Yeah, he has Amari. a five-year, $100 million contract. Oh, my God. When did he sign this? Yeah, <laughs> he signed it in 2020. Uh, so it would be a free agent in 2025. But, yeah, I, I, I was I was surprised, too. I was like, Amari, he's a good receiver. I, but I don't even know if he's the best receiver on his team. I think CeeDee Lamb's better. Um, When's the last time this guy made a Pro Bowl? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't know. I think it's 2019. I think their logic was Amari Cooper was a young, promising receiver uh, right after he left Oakland. And like his first year in Dallas, him and like him and Dak Prescott were just clicking. So they're like, you know what? Might as well extend him. He's young and we already have a good quarterback. We already have a uh, running back. Let's go get a receiver. And yeah. Oh, I'm not I'm not saying he's bad. Like I like Amari Cooper, but he's not the number one receiver in the league. I don't think so either. I think he's top 15, maybe top 10 at best. But yeah, but not number one. one yeah no it surprised me too i was like what the but oh, i mean wow i was way off salary I per would year, not have though, guessed that. only 20 million though so i guess take that with a grain also like devonte only <laughs> yeah true yeah it's a, still a lot but devonte adams is worth like 26 million per year pretty much but speaking of his fits though i mean yeah i would say if uh, roger stays with the pack He's going to be in Green Bay uniform, but I don't want that for either of them <laughs> <laughs> as a Bears fan. Biased fan. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be so cool to see him with like the Raiders or the Chargers, which is two of the uh, logical fits they have. 
The Chargers. The Herbert, yeah. yeah, Herbert and Devontae Adams would go nice. I don't know if they can keep Mike Williams too, though, because he's another one of these free agents. Yeah, he's another free agent. I mean, if they end up like getting Devontae and can't retain Mike Williams, so that's like that's an upgrade, though. You just traded Mike Williams for Devontae Adams. That's not like the worst. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. But because Devontae Adams is definitely a better receiver than Mike Williams. But I will say Mike Williams is younger and he's pretty promising already. So no, Devontae is like a better route runner, a little bit better hands. And pairing him with a young Herbert, that'd be that'd go crazy. But I think I would assume the Chargers' top priority would be retain Mike Williams first, because like yeah. they already know their guy. Yeah, they have that chemistry. Another one, Chris Godwin. He's just coming off that injury though. I wonder how that's going to affect what he does. Yeah. Those always affect receivers who I don't think have too long of NFL careers anyways. But the thing is, Godwin is only 25 years old, and he's already had multiple thousand-yard seasons. And a te- with a team with Mike Evans, he was kind of my receiver one. So, Which is crazy on, on the team that, that loaded with wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah. So I think I think Godwin's honestly – if. Devontae Adams is worth 26 and Amari Cooper's worth 20. I think Godwin should be worth in that range, 20 to 26. It's just his 20 ACL probably lowers his value to 18 million. So <laughs> it's not too bad. Maybe he'll sign like a short deal, like a one or two year deal, just to show that he's back. And then a big deal after that, or try and get as much as you can. Cause you don't know how you're going to come back. Yeah, I think he he'd be better off with a short deal, like you said. But one of the logical fits for Chris Godwin would be the Chicago Bears. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't know if I necessarily want a short deal with him, though. Uh, but then again, it would be good to test the waters. And I don't know if he likes fields. They could build that chemistry. But I think the best real fit, though, would be the Patriots and Jaguars. Because mostly the Patriots. Because Patriots already proved that they're a winning team. And Mac Jones plays a similar style, I think, as Tom Brady. I don't know if it's just because he plays for the Patriots, but I think their style is fairly similar. And, yeah, I think he'd get along just fine, and they'd be a playoff team, and they could elevate uh, Mac Jones' game. Honestly, I think the best uh, scenario for Chris Godwin is staying. And Oh, actually, I don't know who the quarterback is. No, because they don't have yeah. Brady, yeah. Mm, yeah, never mind. You're right, actually. There's no quarterback. And maybe he should go somewhere. Yeah, New England probably gives him the best chance, but I mean, I love for it to come to the Bears. That's because you guys are losing uh, receiver to free agency, Allen Robinson, unless you do some crazy stuff and franchise tag him again. Yeah, I don't. Oh man, you're about to make him the highest paid receiver ever. Keep tagging him. He's really good though. I liked him. He didn't. He had a down year because that's because like Darnell Mooney just went off this year, and. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't mind Darnell being a wide receiver one, but I don't think he is wide receiver one material. So, I mean, I, I want someone else, but I think Godwin and Darnell play a speedy route running game. Like, you need a big receiver like a Robinson or Mike Williams. So, I don't think I necessarily want Chris Godwin. Uh, I'd rather have Allen Robinson, but, I mean, if Robinson leaves, I'll take Godwin. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you have to have <laughs> one of the better young receivers. <laughs> that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So we just named four of like the best, some of the best receivers in the league, all going into free agency. You also got Michael Gallup. You got OBJ heading into free agency too. There's probably about like seven to ten like solid receivers, and then a lot of wide receiver ones like we just named. Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of them are young. I mean, none of them are in their thirties, or and I don't think any of them are older than twenty-eight. I want to say like the oldest is Devontae Adams, which 
He, oh, he's 29. He's got some good years left, though. Yeah, he's he's definitely well, like near his prime. I mean, in his prime. So yeah, he definitely has good years left. I think it's a pretty solid wide receiver class. And then to add on to it, I think it's a really, really good wide receiver class in the draft class. So, I mean, as long as you don't do something stupid, you should get a good receiver if you're an NFL team this year. Anyone that needs a receiver this year, better you have no excuse to not have one next year. Exactly. I'm looking at you, Vito. <laughs> I think Darnell Darnell was good, and I think Alan Robinson is good. But, yeah, we need more, and we need – Well, I don't know. I don't think – from what I saw last year, I don't think you hold on to Robinson. I don't think so either. I don't, and the thing is, I don't think Justin Fields had the same connection as like Trubisky did. Like Trubisky's like F it, so Al Robinson's there somewhere. He just throws it. Like <laughs> he almost always throws right to Al Robinson. That's why he had such good statistical years. But like Fields doesn't really throw to Robinson as much. Like he throws to Mooney a lot. He throws the deep bombs because Mooney's a deep threat. Yeah, well, Trubisky's a free agent too, so maybe him and Robinson will go somewhere together. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. <laughs> but not on the Bears. They can just come to Buffalo. Both yeah. Robinson would fit well. He'd, he'd compliment uh, Diggs. I just don't know if you guys could afford him. No, I don't think so. Definitely definitely not. Because I know the last couple of years he's been throwing a fit in Chicago because he wanted a long-term deal. I yeah. Don't, the, the Bills don't have the money this year to do that, especially not for a wide receiver. We got other things we got to fix up. But Robinson, yeah, I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. Like. Mm-hmm. I said this last week, but I hope OBJ stays with the Rams. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because you said you want to see Robert Woods, uh, OBJ, and Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup. <laughs> Who else we got? I think that's all the res- the big name receivers, at least. Yeah, it's a pretty good corner class too. DBs. Yeah, DBs. Yeah, DBs all together. Yep. Yeah, you got J.C. Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Stephon Gilmore, Tyron Matthew, some big names. Oh, Devin McCourty. Oh my god, this is a crazy No, those are all huge days. <laughs> Honestly, if you if you need to, if you need someone to lock up all these good receivers that two people are about to get, you also have an opportunity for all these uh DBs coming in. And actually, even the even in the draft class, you got Kyle Hamilton and you got Derek Stingley. Like, I mean, not everyone's gonna get one of those. Sauce Gardner. And Sauce, yeah, and Sauce is getting in there. You should be able to get all of these things, all your uh pass game needs met, either to defend or to score. And then I think a couple other big names, Von Miller. It'd be cool to see him come back to the Rams. I don't know why I'm cheering so hard for the Rams. I was going to say, they already won their Super Bowl. I know. (laughs) Uh, Chandler Jones, that's a pretty big name. Huge, yeah. He's a great. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, Dominican Sue, and JPP a little older, but they can definitely uh, help sure up a D-line somewhere. Oh, man. It's going to be a fun free agency class. Hopefully the Bears can get somebody. I don't think the Bills can afford too much. If the Bills, if they shell out the rest of the money, I want them to get Taron Armstead because we need to sure up our O-line. Like, if you're going to spend, if you're going to cash out on someone, as well, that's probably the best lineman in the free agent class. Yeah, because you guys you guys don't have that, that good of run blocking, or, mm-hmm. unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. No, you're not mistaken. <laughs> Given how elite your passing game is and how elite your secondary is, like, you guys are up there. I mean, and Allen's just going to keep being better. I just got a feeling it's going to be a lot of news come from the NFL free agency. I agree. I'll be excited for it. All right. Now, moving on to NBA. We said we were going to start getting more into the NBA talk. Uh, we had the All-Star weekend last weekend. And outside of the dunk contest, which was definitely a bust, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I think so, too. 
I think the All-Star game itself was really good. But the dunk contest had, like, a lot of conversation, a lot of controversy, just because everyone sucks so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were missing no one gets easy trophy ducks. this year. Everyone was missing, like, fairly easy ducks. And then, like, you just remember a few years back where how, like, crazy good Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine were. Yeah, those were some good dunk contests. And this was the second year in a row. I think last year and this year, there were no perfect 50 dunks. That's boring. I think every dunk contest before that, up until what was this that up until 2001 or something like that, at least had a perfect dunk. Wow. And we got two back to back for that one. Dang, these boys aren't putting in work. And the thing, the thing that's more annoying about this year's uh, dunk contest was they were getting their dunks on like the second, third tries. Like it wasn't like they weren't actually like good at their dunks, but like when Levine and Gordon did it, they were just like perfect right on. Like they hit it right away because they they're just so good at dunking. Yeah. I mean, also, like, imagine if we had Jaw in the dunk contest or Donovan's been in one before, but if Zion was healthy and he was in it. Uh, Zion would be so nice. I, I would like to see Donovan again because Donovan's a crazy dunker. I forget what stuff he did during his dunk contest, but I've seen him fly in some games. Donovan Mitchell, I think, is one of the more underrated players in all the NBA. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But this brings in an interesting point. Should, because the dunk contest has been kind of like slow the last couple of years, and it seems like a lot of the good players don't want to be in it. Like, you know, LeBron's ever been in it. I don't know if Zion will ever be in it. Ja, they were asking him during the All-Star game to be in it. And he kind of, he was kind of like, it's like he was saying no. So Vito, I'm asking you, should the dunk contest include pro dunkers and not just NBA players? Oh, absolutely! That'll be that'll be way more fun, and they'll be they'll spend more time on it, so they'll be creative. Like Pat Connaughton was in the dunk contest a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember. Hey, he was not bad. He was pretty good. Oh, really? He definitely did way better than I thought he was going to do. Yeah, he was in the Derek Jones Jr. year. Oh wow! Was he one of the finalists in that? Like, no, the finalist was him and was Derek Jones Jr. and Gordon. But he was good. He wasn't. He wasn't bad. Like he he was better than the dunks this year. But nowadays, they just let anybody in. <laughs> But yeah, because of that, though, I think they should literally let anyone in who's really good, though, because they'll actually practice their dunks. And I mean, the whole weekend's for entertainment anyways. They have the uh, celebrity game, so might as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So my initial thought was like, oh, no, let the it's, this is an NBA player weekend. But then like they have the celebrity game and stuff. So it's already not just NBA players. So I was like, yeah, I, I would see. Or even if you just have both, like if uh. NBA player, like if Jaw wants to do it, they're not going to say no to him. And then you have Jaw going up against pro dunkers. That would be insane. I mean, if it's all for entertainment. So I'm with you. I say yes. I I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on to the uh, the always the best event, All-Star Game. LeBron James, Le GM, moves to 5-0 and as team captain. Insane. And his teams are just stacked every year. Actually, maybe the first year was okay. Like, okay, this is kind of fair. But after that, his teams are just wow. Yeah. How in back to back years does this man have Steph and Giannis on his team? I don't even know. That's that because Giannis and Steph are the like two players that complement each other the best. Like, Giannis can't really shoot well, but he could impose his will in the paint better than anybody else. And Steph obviously could shoot lights out. And he had them back to back years. Team Durant was the other side, though, in those years. And I guess KD just can't pick players. I mean, and worst thing is KD also wasn't playing in either of them. So it just made things way more unfair. Yeah. Uh, well, and I guess he's also had Jokic both times. The only difference between his two years, like last year and this year, was he got DDR in the starting lineup instead of Luka. But he still got Luka oh off God. the bench. And <laughs> he still got Luka. Which, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the same though, it's like DDR and Luka are also like, 
they were both in the MVP talk both those years. So basically, he had like five MVP candidates on his team against the like the yeah, I don't the know. Other guys, what's KD doing? KD always picks Embiid though, so I will give him that. Well, it hasn't been working in the All Star game. No, uh, no, it hasn't. But so the game itself was pretty close though. Yeah, they always are for some reason. I love the new format. So, I mean, like, the, the first three quarters are pretty much how it used to always be. It's just, like, Giannis putting on a dunk show. This year, Steph putting on, like, a three-point show. But then, come fourth quarter, when they got the new Kobe rule, so it's just whoever's winning add 24 to their total, and that's what the final score, the final target score is. Then the last quarter, all of a sudden, everyone starts playing defense. Yeah. And the team that's behind will start actually catching up, too, because they're like, yo, we could actually win yeah, and then it comes down to always last couple shots. And this year we had Team LeBron needed like one more basket to win. And you knew the ball was just going straight to LeBron. After they tried to get Steph the record, but he wasn't getting it. So they give it to LeBron. LeBron was backing down. Was it Levine? Yes, sir. He was backing down Zach Levine. And then Embiid knew. He's like, obviously LeBron's taking it. And because they want to win too, Embiid comes all the way across the court to help double. But LeBron hit the game winner and... I started jumping up and down. Like, that game was fun to watch, especially in the end. No, I love that. I love that new format. Even the year in 2020, uh, this was, like, right before COVID happened. So, like, kind of makes sense that, like, they still had it. But the 2020 year, when LeBron's team was so stacked compared to the other team, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Luka, and Harden. And the other team only had – they had Giannis and Embiid, but they had Siakam, which is no way he should be a starter. Kemba, I doubt he should be a starter. And then Trey Young probably shouldn't be a starter either, especially in 2020. Uh, like their team was heavily favored, but they still won by last score. It just it doesn't even matter. But it, they just everyone starts trying really hard in these games. Yeah, I mean it's all all stars too. It's like the greatest pickup game ever. Obviously, but like so like it's gonna be close. Yeah, because they're not they're not actually like if it was like a game mode and they're going like like for the finals. Yeah, one team like Team LeBron would probably crush, but like. They're all good enough that they can they put on a show. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, these are all players like players on each of these teams that aren't really guardable. Like, yeah, yeah, it's hard to stop these guys from scoring, and they also don't really want to stop them from scoring. No one wants to say, no one wants to get injured. Yeah, that too. They're protecting themselves because <laughs> whenever Giannis comes charging down the lane, you just kind of get out <laughs> yeah, of the way. Exactly. NBA is just starting to pick back up again since the All Star break, and heading into the home stretch of the season. The Heat and Bulls are the one seeds in the East, Vito. That's amazing. Congrats to your team. And I mean, and congrats, congrats to your team. I appreciate that. No, we a long time coming, though. You guys said you guys went to the finals a couple years ago. I know you guys had that baddest year last year. Uh, but yeah, we haven't made the playoffs since like D Rose, I don't think. Yeah. Wow. And the year uh, he got hurt playing. Actually, no, we, we, made it, we made it once. That one year Dwayne Wade played for us, but we were the eighth seed and we got eliminated the first round. So it didn't really matter. And the thing is, they're they're two and a half games ahead of the 76ers or the three seed and the Cavs and the Bucks were all tied in that three seed. So Cavs, weirdly good year too. Four and a half games ahead of the Celtics who are in sixth. Five games ahead of the Raptors who are in seventh. And seven games ahead of the Nets who are all the way down in eighth. That's insane. The Nets have been trash ever since Katie's got injured. Like, and I, I'm surprised. Like, yes, I know uh, Kyrie's only playing half the games, but they should kind of win good chunk of those half the games but they're not even winning when Kyrie plays for the most part yeah and now they got no Harden so but uh the rules are changing a little bit so Kyrie might be coming back to be a full-time player definitely before the playoffs start 
They'll definitely need that. They will definitely need that. And when do you think Ben Simmons is going to join that team? <laughs> I don't know. That'll be interesting. If he comes back around the same time KD comes back. For this Eastern Conference, I still think the team to beat come playoff time is going to be the Nets. Oh, absolutely. That that team will be so stacked. And the thing is, they'll probably have to play in a playing game, but they have KD, Kyrie, Simmons, Seth. You know, they, they, they have LA, Blake Griffin. Like, they have so many good players. I think they just need to get them on the court, and I think they will come playoff time. Uh, the number two team in this conference, I think, is the right now five-seed Bucks. Yeah, because I, I noticed, you know, the record didn't say, but when they have their big three healthy, uh, talking Holiday, uh, Middleton, and Giannis, like, they have, like, one of the best records. I don't know the exact record, but they're really tough to beat when the big three is healthy. I mean, these are the defending champs, and they pretty much retained everyone besides, like, P.J. Tucker. Also, another team that's going to be tough to beat, I'd say the number three isn't even the Bulls or the Heat either, though. I'm going to say it's the 76ers, especially with James Harden. Well, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't... I think, yeah, maybe, maybe. The other day, I just... Uh, the 76ers won a road game against the Bucks, and the Bucks did have the big three, and the 76ers didn't even have Harden. Joel Embiid dropped a 42-point game with 14 rebounds, like... Uh, Joel Embiid's having an MVP year, and he's the leading, uh, leading in the MVP race. I guess if he continues MVP caliber play throughout the playoffs, then the 76 will be the third team, and then you got Heat Bulls are after that. I'll give it to the Heat because of the experience, but I'm th- I think the Bulls actually have more talent. I'm not gonna lie. Our big three is DDR, who's fourth in the MVP race. We got Levine, who's averaging like 25, and then we got Vucevic, who's uh, averaging 18 and like 12. Like Vucevic is a really good number three best like player. Yeah, that's true. We got Jimmy Butler and Bam was coming back from injury. Hero has been having a pretty good third year. We've had some good Max Struss coming out of nowhere. We got the big Turk who's been getting some minutes with with Bam out. I will be interested to see how Depot is when he comes back. He's supposed to be coming back like mid March, so a couple weeks from now. If we see like some vintage Indiana Pacers Depot at the two guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next to Kyle Lowry, I forgot to say him. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys have Lowry. I forgot about him. He's definitely a big part of you guys' improvement this year. Yeah, he really is. He's averaging a cool, yeah, a cool seven assists a game somewhere around there. But it still surprises me though. I just don't. I just still don't understand. Like, I know Lowry's good. I know Bam's good. And I know. Oh, Hero's averaging a twenty piece. I didn't realize he's this good this year. No, Hero's been doing good this year. Wow. Tyler Hero. But he had he had injuries for a little bit too. Yeah. And that team just plays physical, led by Jimmy G Buckets. I will say actually the last year the Bulls made the playoffs was the last year Jimmy G Buckets played for us. So that was the most significant part. We made a couple times with Jimmy Butler. I don't know, there's something about him. I don't think he's like insanely good, but he just wins games. It's great. I think he fits pretty well in Miami in that that culture. I like him. I like him a lot down there. That's true. It's a grit. Yeah, with Bam and Hero and Duncan and Kyle, especially. I think Kyle and, and Debo, they're all gritty players, actually. This makes that everyone just fits the culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd hate to play against the Heat if I were in the playoffs because, like, they're going to play you full press, four quarters. Not full court press, but, like, they're going to play you hard. I think it's the East is pretty close. Like, it's pretty deep. It's like what we just said. Well, it's like five teams deep with the Bulls and Heat down at fourth and fifth. Yeah. 
So we're not even counting like the Celtics or the Raptors or I don't know how the Cavs are all the way up and like tied for the three seed. I, I think the East is actually going to be really fun to watch the playoffs because I think everyone really has a chance against each other. I mean, same thing for the West. I think this year's playoffs, I think after the Warriors super team broke up, every team's like there's a lot more parity in the league. I think the West is still is a lot more top heavy than the East because you got the Suns are the one seed best record in the NBA. Six and a half games ahead of the Warriors, who have the second best record in the NBA. The Suns are eight games ahead of the three-seed Grizzlies, who have the third best record in the NBA. Sheesh. Why are the Suns so good? Yeah, and the Heat and the Bulls, who are one seed in the East, would be the four seed in the West. And they'd be like 10 games back from the Suns. Yeah. No, I mean, the top the top three in the West are definitely, record-wise, the best teams, but like, can we really say the Grizzlies are better than any of those Eastern Conference teams, though? No, no. But that's what I'm saying. I think the West is very top-heavy with Suns and Warriors and then the rest. Uh, and Warriors especially, with Clay Thompson coming back, he's going to be a good contri- – I mean, he is already a good contribution. And I think Wiseman's going to come back before the playoffs. And Draymond, they need – when they get Draymond back, they'll be back to their winning ways. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They'll finally get that big three. And, I mean, Wiggins – Wiggins show that he's he's an all star starter apparently. Yeah, I don't think he's that good, but he's part of that original T Wolves big three. They had Levine, Cat, and uh, uh, Wiggins make it to the all star game. Yeah, um, the Lakers are all the way down to the nine seed. Tough. That's just tough. In the playing spot, barely. LeBron's having a good year too, so it's kind of unfortunate. Well, yeah, he's a uh, third in points. Averaging over 29 a game. Uh, I mean, that's how it goes for LeBron teams. He leads them. Everyone else kind of trash. <laughs> Take the back street. <laughs> yeah. Street clothes has been in street clothes too often. Facts. No, that I feel bad because I don't think LeBron gets another chip with this team at least. He'll have to wait for Bronny. <laughs> that would be amazing if, if he goes and wins a championship with Bronny. The thing is, I don't, from what I'm understanding, is Bronny's not going to be like a lottery pick. Or maybe he might be a lottery pick, but not like a top five, top He 10. will be now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> LeBron with it. But I was going to say, what if like a good team picks up LeBron because he's not like going to be picked that early and then LeBron just goes to that team? Like that's a way they could win a chip. That would be really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that uh, father and son playing on an NBA team together, he's got some crazy longevity. It's not like LeBron is just still playing. He's just in the league. He's third in scoring in the league right now. Still one of the best players. He's tearing it up. He had like all-star game winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, contenders in the West, I think they're the only ones that really Suns and Warriors from what I see. Grizzlies, I don't think so. Jazz, they are, they're going to lose to the Suns or Warriors. But the Jazz have a lot of playoff experience. They just... Of losing? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> They've been there a lot of times. They just don't do anything in there. But I don't know, man. Can you really look at the West and tell me a team that's going to knock off the Suns Warriors? Not confidently, at least for me. I don't. Clippers, because Clippers are completely injured. They, they haven't had Kawhi or PG all year, right? For the most part. And I don't think they get, I don't it, think back. They get it back. Uh, and then the Lakers. The Lakers got a. Yeah. Okay. If AD comes back. <laughs> the, the Lakers have the best chance of knocking one of those two teams and off. They might not even make the playoffs. At all. They're 21 games behind the Suns. <laughs> Facts, yeah. They have a losing record, whereas the Suns only have 10 losses. But the Suns, I'm pretty sure they didn't start the season off too hot. It couldn't have been that bad. 82% win rate. They started the season 1-3. Oh. 
<laughs> Damn. <laughs> they They've won. been <laughs> they won forty eight and seven after that. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. I don't understand why they're so good though. Well, they're deep. Like you're you're led by CP3 and D book, and then you got a deep bench that goes probably seven, eight guys deep come playoff time. That's facts, actually. Wow, I just I really hope CP3 gets his ring. Like I would be fine with the Phoenix Suns winning it all for sure. Nah, I really don't care about it. <laughs> I like the I like the Eastern Conference. I like the Warriors or I'll be honest, not the 76ers out of the East. Yeah, I don't want the Sixers I like to win. I, I actually, this is going to sound weird, but I actually want the Nets to win because I just love that team because it just looks like so fun to watch. We got KD and Kyrie are just two of the most fun shows on earth. And like Simmons is, he's not going to score, but he's actually a decent passer. Yeah, he'll be playing defense. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he could slow down like Steph. Oh, yeah, he's just there for defense and offense. You go, don't touch the ball. Bro, that would actually be so nice. The Nets versus Warriors final. Steph versus KD. Simmons versus Draymond. <laughs> For the tri- triple single. Oh, the triple doubles without points. Yeah, oh yeah, facts. So for the East, I'd say the real contenders. Though I really think it's five deep. I could really see the... I don't think the Bulls or Heat actually go. like. But like, the Heat have made it there before. That was in like... the bubble, though. The Bulls, I think, are the only team that has like three all-star caliber players. The well, I was gonna say the Nets, but they only have two now. I think they there's actually three five legitimate teams. But like, yeah, I would say Bulls are at the bottom of the five. And then the West, yeah, I think there's only two. Yeah. Like as good as Jaw and the Jazz and the Jaw and the Jazz. As good as Jaw and Memphis is right now, I then no. Yeah, no, he's Jaw's Jaw's balling out though. Incredible year. Averaging like twenty seven a game. But they have a lot of young players, though. Their four leading scorers are all under 26. Actually, we'll make it five leading oh scorers. Oh, my God. Six leading scorers. Seven leading scorers. Holy sh- Do they have anyone over 26? I'm going down the list. I still don't see one. Okay, Kyle Anderson, their eighth leading scorer is under 26. It's at 28 years old. The grandpa on that team. <laughs> and then their ninth leading scorer, Steve. Steven Adams, only 28. I feel like he's been there for years. He's been beating people up with screens for years. He's <laughs> the biggest we had ever. Yeah, but I mean, that's not like a team of the future for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really think the West is a two-horse race, and the East is like a five teams, but I think it's like only going to come down to like, there's really going to be only like three good ones. Even I don't even know how the Sixers are going to be, honestly. Really? They're harder because they have like, Two really, really good players in Harden and Embiid. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sold on them yet because I haven't, like, we've never even seen how Harden fits in there yet. Yeah, that's fair. And they got rid of sharpshooters like Seth, which well, is like pretty much like Seth because it's not like they played with Simmons this year. <laughs> Sniper from the corner, huh? Ben Simmons. What if he just gets a shot? Like, he goes to the net and they just may start making shots. The same way Embiid's been in the lab with Harden, maybe KD will get in the lab with Ben Simmons. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man. Teach him how to hit a mid-range, at least. If Ben Simmons got a mid-range, they're winning the chip. <laughs> Between all the talent they have. Listen, if Ben Simmons just starts knocking down his layups or dunks it more, they'll win the chip. I think Simmons got, like, trashed on a lot last year, but he's still a pretty solid player. Like, 
he he won rookie of the year for <laughs> he won rookie of the year in the second year for a reason. <laughs> okay, this man is just a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. I didn't think he should have got that. Yeah, and over Donovan Mitchell, I think Donovan Mitchell was insane that year. And it was also his first year, so it made sense <laughs> for him to win it. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, I think that wraps up this week. We'll be back next week as we continue to see how the final stretch of the NBA season is. And another week closer to the college conference tournaments. Those are going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Some college hoops at Notre Dame's men's basketball is number two in the ACC, so they might make the tourney. I heard IU basketball might make the tourney. No, I use a bubble team still. Anyway, so we'll be back next week.